Welcome to the Nehemiah Entrepreneurship Community Podcast. I'm your host, Patrice Saguet. Guys, we are post-Nehemiah. Well, you can tell by my theme here, by my uh, branding here, that I'm still in Nehemiah week mode. This is Monday. Nehemiah, we just finished on Saturday. We have Pastor Moore here with us. And we're going to talk about one more minute. But I do want to reflect a bit on Nehemiah week with Pastor Moore, because as you all know, he's a, a Nehemiah week regular. Um, his messages continue to inspire us. What's also neat is that we have it all archives. Pastor Moore, first, welcome to the podcast. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Patrice. I appreciate the invitation to even be back and to greet our community. Um, what a tremendous group of persons they are. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we are so blessed. Those of you guys who don't know, Pastor Moore is the senior pastor of Carolina uh, church out in Temple Hill. No, not Temple Hill. Sorry, in Fort Washington. Washington. Yeah, Fort so it's not in Carolina. It's, it's in Fort Washington. Yeah. And uh, he also he's also the author of One More Minute. Uh, he chaired the Nehemiah board for close to seven, eight years, helped us to go from a local organization to a national international organization. Those were some tough years, Pastor. You led oh. us through that you remember those years you led us through that that those are tough years and by the grace of the lord we are now here pastor mo also serve as the chaplain and trustee for the timothy plan organization where he leads a devotional every quarter uh he actually has uh wall street guys you know all these literally a room full of like 30 some based on when when we have uh, wives, you know, well, fifteen to thirty people sometimes who are in those board meetings, listen to your message, Pastor. Before we get into um, kind of Nehemiah reflection, I mean, you think about you, you've not changed, but yet your audience have changed sure. in that you've expanded from a pastor who led a primarily African American church to now ministering to to people of different culture orientation, but also different socioeconomics. I mean, your message influences, you know, uh, millionaires in, in terms of how to think about their faith and, and people who uh, whose worldview are even much different than yours. So, so for, for, our, for our listeners who might be listening and watching who are kind of wondering, how does one do that, right? Sure. Could you talk to us a bit about yeah. kind of your approach to make sure that a message that's thought at a predominantly African-American church at in Fort, in, in Fort Washington is also received by a, a board of trustee and vendors of a, of a $2 billion uh, mutual fund. And equally, as you minister to people in Nehemiah and all these other segments that you, how do you do that? Yeah. Um, Patrice, it's very, very interesting and it's, uh, you know, very thought provoking for you to even interject and to ask. And as you know, um, just even being a student and having you to coach me through a number of things, it was not something that I readily embraced, but needed to see God's hand in the process. Mm. Um, I'll say a couple of things real quickly. One is the name of our church is called Carolina Missionary Baptist Church. It's Carolina Church for short. And it's located in Fort Washington, Maryland, 
And how it got its name is because the original persons who organized the church migrated from an area called Sumter, South Carolina, landed in Washington and organized the church. And they decided to call it Carolina for two reasons. One, to indicate the kind of worship experience. There was a Carolinian flavor of worship that was there. And then secondly, it represented the hospitality. And so persons from all walks of life are able to come to that ministry and feel welcomed. Now, my, my assignment, I thought, was to minister to African-Americans mm. um, specifically. That's what I believe my assignment was. God started strategically placing me in boardrooms and in on committees and on boards that consisted of persons who were um, of different ethnicities than, than what I was accustomed to from my congregation. And then what God did was he exposed my gift um, where I had the opportunity to present in one place that led to something else being, uh, the same gift being presented in another arena and as, that, as those things progressed, my audience began to change. Mm. Um, never leaving my roots, but, but broadening my audience. And I think that that's what God does for us. You know, um, he says, your gift will make room for you. Amen. So he, we're able to take the gift that God gives unto us. He puts us in places where doors begin to open. So I'm not only with Nehemiah or with um, the Timothy, but I'm also with UBS. And um, um, I was just recently in Kokomo, Indiana for another group that um, is certainly the ethnicity is different than the African-American community. And so the messaging that God has given unto me in terms of my devotionals are not specifically designed for one particular ethnicity. It's for the body of Christ. It's for the people of God. It's for God's creation. And so his word is so universal that it doesn't just pertain to one group of persons. And the Lord had to work on me to make sure I understood. Now, the cultural difference is I'm accustomed to um, what's called call response. So <laughs> So, you know, uh, in the African-American community, when you say something that's good, people talk back to you. When, in, my, in my ethnicities of other ethnicities, when they, when they hear it, you know, they clap or they smile. Um, so it's a different kind of response, but it just required me to be able to adjust and to keep the main thing the main thing mm. and that's the message in the word of god so that's wow. and that's how i did it i just i just focused i could listen the main thing's got to be the main thing people walk walk away the, the the general objective for any devotional is to transform people's lives and it doesn't matter who the audience is uh, or how they respond if we can achieve the objective of having people's lives transformed it makes all the difference in the world. God gets to all the glory then. Wow, that's incredible. You know, Pastor Maj, you're talking, I'm thinking about that scripture you just quoted. Uh, your gifts will make room for you out of out of uh, Proverbs. 
And I'm thinking about that scripture and thinking about how sometimes our mindset uh, hinders us, right? So your gifts can make room, that's your talent. But if you're, if you're, if your mindset mentally, you're not open for mental, for change. Yes. Can we talk a little bit, a bit about that? Because yeah. God is making room for many people based on their faithfulness, but they're mentally keeping themselves from walking in it. Let me give an example of that, Pastor. So I'm now an adjunct professor at George Fox University and, and also at Portland Bible College, where I'm teaching entrepreneurship in both places. Now, now George Fox University is the leading Christian university in the Northwest. It's, it's the Harvard, Christian Harvard of the Northwest. It's like what Regional University is for, sure. for, the, uh, for the East Coast area, particularly in the Virginia Beach area. And so this weekend I was talking to my wife, I was saying, you know, as I've been processing the, what, what this next season means, you know, and, and I've been wondering, okay, what is the thing in me that's kind of creating this, this, these thoughts that I have to process through, to break through, to embrace it? Mm -hmm. I told my wife, I said, you know, I realized I have, a, I have a way of approaching assignments that keeps me calibrated. And I said, the difference with this one is I'm going into an arena that I've never been before. I've spoken at universities, but never as a professor. Sure. I said, so I'm having to adjust my mind sure. to accept and embrace that new reality. Could you talk a bit about that, about the importance of the gift is one thing, but then if you're mentally not adjusted, you may reject the doors that God opens for you or block it. Let me, let me set the stage with biblical thought for a moment. First of all, the Lord says, my ways are not your ways. Amen. And my thoughts are not your thoughts. He also says, I want to do a new thing. My Lord. And in addition to that, he tells us, I will open the windows of heaven and pour <laughs> out blessings that you won't have room enough to receive. Mm. Um, I think that in order for us to receive what God has for us, we have to shift our thinking. My Lord. Because we are automatically locked in, tied in, to what we know, what we are comfortable with, mm. and not and there and where God's taking us is beyond our level of comfortability. My Lord, I'll just tell you up front that where God's taking you, you're going to be most uncomfortable with it. You're not going to be comfortable. It's going to be most uncomfortable, which is why God pushes us, and sometimes He has to orchestrate the events of our lives so that um, it happens. Because he knows if we have to walk into it naturally, we would not ordinarily do that. So he pushes us into these arenas and it's causing our minds to have to shift. I dare say to you, even for entrepreneurs, I hear people say it all the time. I, I've never seen that done before. And that's the whole idea. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts wow. are not your thoughts. And God says, if you just let me shift your mindset, and you follow the vision that I have for you and the dreams that I have for you and the course that I've set for you, I'll show you how you can get things done that others say couldn't be done. I'll show you how I can open doors that others say can't be opened. Mm. 
I'll show you how you can teach and be a professor in an institution, an academic um, institution with no degree, with no degree. And, and everybody's saying, I've never seen that done before. Well, isn't that just like God? I mean, you know, we've never seen it done. You've never seen a, a, a Red Sea open up and wow. let people walk through on dry land. Come on, please talk to me. You've never seen that before. <laughs> Yo, we, we've never seen how God can lay hands on somebody who's been dead for four days mm. and decomposition has set in. But somehow when God calls for it or when Jesus calls for it, decomposition has to have a conversation with recomposition and gives back to us what the death or death has taken from us. I'm sorry. We've never seen it before, but that's how God works. And if we shift our mind to 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 think, to let God use us um, to to move in the earth and to do what God's called us to do. He'll show us stuff we've never seen before. It, it requires a mind shifting, but it's also requiring of us trusting God and not ourselves. we got to have faith in God to do it. My Lord, we're talking to Pastor, the doctor, Dr. Anthony Moore, <laughs> the author of One More Minute, the senior pastor of Carolina Church for short. Pastor, you 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 got uh, good to see you, Jennifer. Jennifer is just shouting. She's writing. She's having church where she is. <laughs> she's having church where she is. So 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 let me ask you a question, then, Pastor. So so how do I know the difference between as as my gifts make room for me between fears that are designed to say you shouldn't go there? And fears that you got to press through despite of. Yeah. How do I discern the difference? Yeah. So, so, and let me, let me preference that by saying first on the front end, failure is not demonic. I, I just have to say it on the front end because many of us believe that because we fail at something, that somehow or another, um, God's hand has been removed from us. I, I want to set somebody free on the front end of this conversation to let them know that um, failure is a part of the process that ultimately gets us to where God needs us to be. Sometimes it has to come through experience. It has to come through experience. There are, there are multiple persons in the, in the Bible who in fact failed. And I'll just share one with you now. I'm gonna come right to your question. Um, when we look at the life of Peter, um, I mean, y'all, Peter had multiple failures, mm. but he ends up being the mouthpiece for God My Lord. after his resurrection. Now you, you, now, you know how many failures. I mean, he had multiple failures mm -hmm. until the Lord had to tell him, hey, Peter, listen, Satan wants to sift you like wheat. Um, um, but, but I prayed for you. I prayed for you. I prayed for you. He had multiple failures. But in the end, after Jesus has gone, has, has died, and on, on return back to the Father, we see Peter walking into the courts and the streets of Jerusalem, declaring and decreeing what he had denied prior to Jesus' return. So I want to be real clear. We see him, we see him excelling. He becomes, he becomes the one who helps to set the stage, but he had a multitude of failures before. Mm. 
So failures are necessary. So, hey, pastor, how do I deal with this idea of fear? Now, fear, there are some things we ought to be afraid of. I'm fearful of sin because I know what it's going to do. You ought to be afraid of sin. There are some things God places inside of us, a radar that just ought to go off. Say, hey, what warning, 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 okay? Wrong move. We ought to be fearful of that. But then there's the other fear where we're fearful of going where we've never been before. Uh -oh. Now, the Holy Spirit that's inside of us, and every last one of us have it. I don't care who you are. If you're saved and, and you're giving your life to Christ, um, the Holy Spirit is awakened in you so that now you get the wisdom of God simply by virtue of the Holy Spirit being alive in you and you asking God for it. I think it was James who said to us, we, 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 we can ask for wisdom, mm -hmm. you know, in a great proportion and God generously and God gives it to us. So, so we get that. The Holy Spirit comes alongside and it warns us, warning, warning, bad deal, warning, warning, mm -hmm. sin. But then you also will get the fear of, I've never done this before. I've never seen this happen like this. I, in fact, don't know if this is going to work. That then requires, that kind of fear requires us to trust God. Mm. Uncomfortable, the Holy Spirit assignment at that point is to get us to rest in allowing God to do it. And I had to do this, learn this myself the hard way, mm. Patrice. Um, um, I didn't have anyone to tell me this. I had to learn this. I had to learn that that church that God's given unto me the responsibility for is not my church. That's wow. his church. Wow. And, and whatever happens, he's in charge. My job is to just trust him to lead me through the process. And so I encourage the listeners, those persons who are listening to me, is to know there is a, there is a, a such thing as fear of that which is detrimental to us, that mm -hmm. we have the Holy Spirit to warn us of. But then there's also the fear of something that we've never had happen before, never seen before. We've never experienced it on this level before, never seen this created before. Well, that's the kind of fear that that's a that's a healthy kind of fear that mm -hmm. God wants us to have. And distinguishing between the two comes by way of the Holy Spirit. And it's alive in all of us. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from what your socioeconomic background is, what your ethnicity is, what your affiliation is from a, from a denominational perspective. All of us have the Holy Spirit that's awakened in us the moment that we give our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's called regeneration. <laughs> I love it. This is, amen, Jennifer. Jennifer is so good. Now, you, your talk during the Amara Week, by the way, if you did not come to the Amara Week and you said, Patrice, I still want to get those recordings, um, you can go to our website now and you can sign up for, you can still get those recordings. You can actually sign up for Nehemiah 2024 pre-register and you will get a special, uh, just go to NehemiahWeek.com, NehemiahWeek.com. There you can get links on how to register and so forth. So, um, Pastor, your thing, your talk was on, the, your exact specific topic actually was called Call, call to Be Your Best. Yep. And you made this statement Success in life is not being the best, it's not being your best. Um, and your emphasis to us have to do with the fact that we're called to be our best, whatever the assignment is. And you even gave one of my favorite quotes from Martin Luther King. It's, it's funny, when you were teaching, 
literally, I went and I grabbed that quote, put it in my notes. And literally within two minutes later, <laughs> you went there. I mean, I was just flowing with you so well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what a wonderful quote. Uh, that quote made by Martin Luther King Jr. If a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets like even as Michelangelo painted or Ben Oven composed music or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweet streets so well that all the hosts of angels on the earth pause to say, here lived a man who lived a great sweeper who did a job well. And then you introduced this statement. You said, you said, we are to be grateful. Some of us don't have cum laude, but we should have 10 cum laude. <laughs> I mean, you just laid out. Yeah. So talk to the audience and listeners, because this go back to time to about being being your best. Yeah. That's essentially what you're saying to us today. Right. So, so what is key to us being our best? Because really, when we are best, that's when our gifts make room for us. Sure, sure. Right? Sure. What, what's the key? Yeah, so... So let me say a couple of things to, uh, about that. One is, I, I said to persons, and that quote that I gave to you all was that success in life is not being the best, but success in life is being your best. The first problem that we've got to overcome is comparing ourselves to others and allowing that comparison to become the standard. Mm. Um, your, our job, each one of us have a job to be the best that we can be. We're, we're, we have a responsibility to be our best. Now, my best, um, um, Brother Patrice, may not be your best. So, so we have to look at what is God calling me to do? How is it, how is being my best. Um, doc, that quote that Dr. King gave was so critical to the process of us understanding that no matter what I do, I am to do it to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. So if if I if I'm if I'm the reader, then I want to be I want to be the best reader I can. If I'm the greeter, I want to be the best greeter that I can be. I'm not trying to be like somebody else. I'm just trying to be the best that God's called me to be. And so that best is being your best and not the best Mm. is a critical piece. Being your best, being your best. Now, um, so I don't want to, I don't want to compare myself. I don't want to do that for anybody else. I don't want to, I don't want to compare. I think the text that I utilize was the the the, um, the the guy with the um, talents, you know, once given five, once given right. two, once given one, and the guy with the one is so concerned about one, he's concerned about failing. I think you all were very 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 capturous in you all's thoughts when you all um, started dealing with this, and I think um, Susan and yourself talked about the whole idea of risk. That's right. Well, there there are risks involved in everything. Mm. That's why I think failure ought to be something that we have a healthy vision for. Failure teaches me lessons that I wouldn't ordinarily learn. There are risks. And so the guy said, I I just, I was afraid to take the risk. 
He says, you, you, you fool. That's what he called them. He called them a fool. He said, you a fool. I mean, you know, you should at least did something with what I gave to you. All of us have limitations and all of us have gifts or a gift. And we ought to utilize that gift or gifts in the best way that we possibly can. I mean, I, I think it's interesting how God defies the odds on a number of things, what, what, no matter what it is. I mean, I mean, if you look at what you've accomplished, you are teaching for an academic institution. Well, the, the precedent says that you're supposed to have A, B, C, D, and E in order to teach. Yeah, at least a master's. Okay, well, how about, how about at least a degree? How about That's right. That? At least a degree. That's right. You know, and I, like in my presentation, I said some of us graduated magnum cum laude. That's right. Some of us graduated summa cum laude. Some of us graduated thank you, laude. But then there are those of us who haven't graduated at all. That's right. And yet God opens the windows of heaven and gives unto us opportunities and audiences that ordinarily would not have been ours had wow. we sat on our gift. Come on, talk to me. Have oh. you sat on the gift? Mm. You didn't do that, Patrice. What you did was you utilized the gift that you had, defying the norms and the precedents that have been set because God was driving you. And whenever God does that to you, God will open up doors for you and windows and opportunities that you never even imagined that people say you're not supposed to have. Amen. I'm not so listen, let me let me tell you all this and, I, and I'll and I'll end it this way. I'm not supposed to be someone who can speak mm -hmm. fluently. Um stories like what happened in my, in my earlier years in, in, in development of school in in what was called junior high school, it's now called middle school. They um the counselor sent for my mom, for my mother to come have a meeting. My mother was a very strict disciplinarian. So she didn't, she didn't play. She said, now son, the, the, the counselor has called me to a meeting. What have you done? And don't let me get up to this school and discover that you have showed out in, in, in these classrooms. I'm going to tear your behind up in front of the teachers. And I said to my mom, mom, I'm not sure why they're calling. I haven't done anything. Long story short, she comes to the school, meets with my counselor, who says, we're preparing Anthony now to graduate, to go to senior high. And we thought that we ought to recommend to you that he go to a trade school for senior high because as you know, your son has a speech impediment and we feel that he ought not be able to talk or have a profession where he has to communicate and talk publicly my because Lord. of my speech impediment. Now, my mother said to them, I'm not sure whether or not um, my son ought to have a job, a profession where he talks publicly um, or whether he ought to use his hands in a trade. She said, but I do know this, God gave him to me. And so if my son's speech impediment is an issue, I'm going to go back to the one who gave him to me. My Lord. My mother prayed. Okay. I went to the high school and my 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 trade was the electrical construction. I graduated. All right. However, 
the Lord called me to preach his word. Wow. Communicating my words um, when I was at when I was 16 years of age. Wow. I answered that call at 17. And I've been pastoring since I've been 23, talking publicly. And look what God has done. God has allowed me. My job, that's what I do, is my job is I go around articulating what others said I could not do. Let me tell you how God works. Um, probably 10 years ago, I was called to minister to this church in Columbia, Maryland, large church. And who's sitting in the audience but the counselor who told my mother that I ought to find a profession that in fact, um, let me use my hands and not my voice. Look at God. All I'm saying to you is this, Patrice, when we take what God's given unto us, the gifts, and we utilize them, um, there is no ceiling for what mm. God can do in our lives. And so, and so I just believe that we have to trust God to be the best that he's created us to be. I can't be like Patrice but I can be the best Anthony Moore. And that's what God's calling us to do in all of our lives. Oh my Lord, this is incredible. We've come to the end of our talk, guys. This is, wow, look at, I love it. Yes, amen, he is helping us indeed. There's Betsy Robinson Hayes, thank you so much for watching. So pastor, um, you have this book called, um, one more minute, I wanna land there. Guys, if you want to get a copy, you can get it from Amazon. There's also a audio book as well. Uh, we also have turned it into a course, by the way, where you can get it from the Nehemiah website, where you can go through Pastor Moore on a, on a daily basis. It takes you 40 days. It's very simple. I do it all the time. Uh, on there, he has some of the topics so that you, know, you can kind of get a sense of what you'll be experiencing. It opens up with faith things. Simple faith is all it takes how humility heals, when fear jeopardizes your future. Uh, faith will get you through. The word works uh, at work. Uh, success through God's eyes. A better day is on the way. The blessings of brokenness in Jesus. Is Jesus under your roof? Acknowledge God first. When your good is not good, healing your hurting heart, having faith for freedom, prayer that releases angels, running to win, Life Amongst Weeds, uh, God's Master Plan, Your Power Position, From Promise to Performance. I mean, these are amazing titles. Uh, and then he goes on to talk about double-minded disaster, fishing for a future, finding God in the ordinary. Don't settle. Where, where is God when it hurts? Lord, learning to wait when you hit is... When you hit a dead end, you make your next move, your best moves, strength for the struggle, go where Jesus is, armed for the attack. God always planned for the future. When you find yourself empty, when helping is hurting, be meek and turn the other cheek. The infinite, the, infim the infirmity of inferiority, I love that. Miracles happens in miracle territory. God's word changes everything. God says, yes, leave me alone. Or when God says, leave me alone. And finally, grow up. Listen, the amazing list, 40 
uh, Cure Devotional for you. He has an audio and on written form. Uh, you want to right now go to Amazon, check it out, or you can go to Nehemiah website. You can check it out. Pastor, you wrote this several years ago. It is still relevant today to our viewers and listeners. Uh, what's the one key thing they can expect from this devotional? Yeah, I think um, wh what I attempted to do with the devotional is to meet persons where they are um, in terms of relevancy. So I, I, I wanted to tackle issues, deal with subject matters that all of us are having to be confronted by. And so um, it's, it's not something deep that requires you to have a theological degree to understand. It's just the material is so designed for persons who are going through life and just need practical information on how God intends for us to navigate through the situations, the difficulty, or even the circumstances that um, give us give give us pause, and so and so I, I think when they when they look at this particular devotional, that's the one thing that they will walk away from. And I pride myself on giving individuals stuff that um, um, I give you something for your day that won't take all day. Mm -hmm. That you know it's it's real simple. The outline is there. The lessons are there, the principles are highlighted, and it gives us an opportunity to walk away saying, I want to put that into practice. And, um, and these are not my principles. These are principles that come from the word of God mm -hmm. that I clearly identify that are just practical pieces. And so I challenge anyone that if you um, are just going through life, that here's a tool, one more minute, that will give you a uh, opportunity to address it um, from a practical perspective, grab a tool, some tools and principles to go along with it and um, start growing in the Lord. And that's, that's what I, my aim is, is to grow persons in the Lord. Oh, I love it. You do it so well. Guys, pastor, before you leave, I do want you to give a word of advice to our people more. One more word of advice. Listen, if you enjoy this podcast, I'd like for you to share it. Uh, share with your friends on Twitter, or now it's called X. Share with your friends on social media, Facebook, social friends on YouTube, LinkedIn, whatever your platform, even email them. Because friends share good things with friends. If you know somebody who's going through, who whose gifts is making room for them, they need the courage to pursue boldly. This devotional, this, this devotional, this podcast will help them a great deal, inspiring and empowering them. Uh, to proceed to that next level. So do that right now if you can. Also, if you're asking the questions, how do I connect with the Nehemiah entrepreneurship community so I can get the help I need to grow my business, to walk out my marketplace calling, I'd like for you to go to nehemiahecommunity.com. Nehemiahecommunity.com. There you get information about our training program to become entrepreneurship, identity, destiny, serve with love, and, and more. It's how you can Take your business to the next level, start one. Our coaching program, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or group coaching, so that you can have a coach come alongside you and grow your business. Or our access to capital. If you need financing, our kingdom investors. We now even have a program called ILO, Initial License Offering, where you can do crowdfunding 
you could craft on your business or invest in other businesses as as little as $1. You can make an investment. Also, you may want to become a member, joining the community. We have over 2,000 members from Asia, Africa, Latin America, Europe, North America, and that we can work together to bring about global transformation. Now, you might say, but what are you doing in the industry? Pass the more. Pass the more. Uh, let's put the website for, for, for Carolina Church right there, guys, so that if they want to connect with Pass the More, as, as we, so that as Pass the More give this, this final word of advice, that they might know how to connect with them directly. There it is, carolinachurch.org. Uh, they have pastor, you have worship service every tell us a bit every, about your service. Yeah, worship service every Sunday, every Sunday at nine o'clock. And um, persons are able to tune in from around the world um, by way of carolinachurch.org. You can watch live. Um, we're located in Fort Washington, Maryland. Our worship services start at 9 a.m. But they can also view us on demand. You know, it's it's okay. there on the website, carolinachurch.org. So um, that's how they can get in contact with them, be, be a part of that. Yeah. And you are very active on Instagram. I mean, you have some good stuff that come out there, guy. If you're on Instagram, make sure you follow Pastor Moore. He has some good stuff there. Pastor, listen, what's your final word of advice? Somebody's sure. watching. Let's talk to some of the, the uh, minority group for a minute. Let's talk to women. Let's talk to African-Americans. Let's talk to immigrants. Let's sure. talk to those groups who often see themselves as marginalized. Uh, people from economic uh, lowest socioeconomic background, no matter what 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 race or culture they are, if they're saying, "Pastor, I hear you," but here's the problem: you don't understand. Sure, I'm black. I'm poor. I'm an immigrant. I'm a woman. I'm a handicap. What advice would you give them? So let me. I, I want to give two pieces of advice. Let me give you the first one. The first one I want to give to you all is this: what God has assigned to you is gonna require a power greater than you. That's the first piece of advice I wanna to give to you. Get that into your mindset, go ahead and log that in and I'll give it to you again, here it is. What God has assigned to you is gonna require a power greater than you. With that, I want you to know this, God has no respect of persons. I don't care who you are, where you in fact have come from, what your plight might be. God can take the most disabled of us and give unto us what others have tried to keep from us. Hmm. I believe that with all my heart. So what God has assigned to you is going to require power greater than you. Here's the second thing I want you to know. This is critical. Our collective witness about God and his ability has the impact, um, the power rather to impact the outcome of people's lives. Because whatever God's given to you and what he, whatever he does for you, it's not just for you. It's for you to take what he's given to you and help to make somebody else's life better. So our collective witness about God and about his ability has the power to impact the outcome of other people's lives. Whatever God does for you, it's not just for you. Mm. It's for you to be able to help somebody else. So if I can get us to shift our minds to understand that we've got to have a power that's greater than us 
and that whatever God does with us with, by that power that's in us, whatever he does, it's not just for us. It's for us to benefit others. It will have impact in people's lives. And when you can get those two things together in your mind, I promise you, God will begin to open doors that you never imagined to be open. If you can shift your mindset, shift your mind to, to grasp those two, two nuggets that I leave with you today, I promise you, it'll bless you. It'll be, it'll be a, a, a magnificent thing for your life. Yes, sir. You heard it here. You heard it here. What good words. This is worth sharing. Pastor, thank you so much, man. Looking forward to having you back. Um, and uh, we're so excited about your partnership with us and the opportunity for sure. us to be ministered to by you. Guys, well, well since Pastor is here, I'm going to ask him to pray for you. How about yeah. that? Let's extend that anointing to prayer. Pastor, would you pray for our people? I will certainly do that, man. Um, um, the church initiative, before I, before I pray, the church initiative that Nehemiah has um, for other churches, I think is a great piece, um, Patrice, that needs to be shouted from the rooftops of, of all every mountain that we have in the world so that other churches are involved and are a part. Um, that the particular program is called specifically Patrice, what, what do you call it? Sustainable Church, yeah, Nehemiah Sustainable Church Initiative. Thank yes, you, Pastor, that, for that. that. That is a major piece. Our church is a part of it. We benefit from it. And I wanna encourage others to do the same thing. The second thing I wanna do, if you have not registered for Nehemiah for next year, um, just based on the theme alone um I, i'm registering i asked i told patrice i i don't even know if they're gonna let me present next year but i'm coming anyway i'm coming incognito i'm hiding out because i want to be a part of nehemiah week next year i'm hoping i'm praying to god god delay your coming just so be a part of nehemiah for 2024 it's going to be epic and i need you all to make sure that you are a part of that um, as I'm begging them to don't take me off the program. And if they do, I've already registered. I'm good. I'm good. I'll be there. <laughs> okay. Well, Pastor, thank you. We no we're going to have, we don't have you, man. Folks aren't going to show up. By the way, speaking of church initiative, Pastor, we're going to have you back because we're going to have a church initiative forum uh, in, in December, actually. And God willing, in the next couple of, uh, next couple of weeks, Pastor, I'll be reaching out to you about planning to install our first Maryland eye lamp on your property oh, as we prepare for that to be a tithing activity for yes, your ministry and your vision. So we're almost there, Pastor. I'll keep you yes, posted sir. because we want to make Carolina one of the first church example where we, where we brought something that was leveraged for, by that community and serves as, as an economic engine to be able to resource the vision of that local church. So we'll keep you posted on that. Talking about technology. Wow. That's right. <laughs> Looking forward to Let me pray with you all. Yes. Um, God, we thank you for this day and for the opportunity that we have and certainly for the portals mm -hmm. in which we're able to get the gospel out to all the world. So we thank you for YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and how you have God taken the gospel into corners that we never even dreamed of being 
a part of or even sharing with. And so Lord, we, we just magnify you for the opportunity. Now, for those persons who are listening to us, God, I pray that you've instilled in them, awakened in them something that they had allowed to go to sleep. God, awaken it now. God, shake them in the very spirit that you created them in so that a purpose for which you created them, Lord, will in fact become their lot. God, let none of us not live out the purpose of which you've created us. We thank you in advance, God, for what you're going to do. As we ignite our faith with belief in you, God, allow the windows of heaven to open up that we might be able to see you manifest in such a way that we never even imagined it could be. I pray, God, for those who are listening, who don't have resources, give it to them, God, meet their needs, supply. For those who need imagination, inspiration, give it to them. For those who need motivation, give it to them, God. In the name of Jesus, I declare it done, even now, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pastor, thank you so much. God bless you. Guys, see you next time.